Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hello. Hey now, how are you? Oh, good on this wonderful day. Look at that glorious sunshine. It is, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's miserable. Out. <laughs> it depends when you're listening to this. You might, you might believe us. No, it's just a miserable, one of those mornings. It's just gray as can be. Yesterday, we talked about gas prices quite a bit and mm-hmm. it's amazing how many people reached out. Scott, it's the carbon tax. It's the carbon tax. And I know I hear that. I just don't know exactly how much the carbon tax is. It's obviously there. It's obviously something that is adding to the price, but by how much? Well, Yesterday, great article published by Brian Lilly in the Toronto Sun. He crunched the numbers. While motorists in Buffalo, New York are paying the equivalent of a dollar fifty-one Canadian per liter, we're paying two dollars and nine cents a liter in Niagara Falls, just across the bridge. Mm-hmm. In Vancouver, the price just dropped. Yeah, dropped to $2.25 a liter. However, just across the border, Bellingham, Washington, the price is $1.68 a liter. I can't think of any other reason, Kat. I mean, that's already converted to Canadian dollars. Okay. Gas has always been a little cheaper in America, but never a 50 cent per liter gap. And, And the biggest difference is tax. Unless I'm wrong. Does it cost more to refine our own oil? You can let us know. Slide into the DMs. Scott Fox on air on Instagram is the easiest way to find me. Cat on air on Instagram is the easiest way to find Cat. Uh, before we jump too much into it, I want to talk about jobs, and we're going to talk about them in a few. First off, I love this story. It comes to us from America. There's a company called Axon. Have you heard of them? Axon. I, I feel like I have heard of them, yeah. yeah I'd heard of them too, and I don't know why. They're the company that invented the taser. The non-lethal form of of police brutality. <laughs> I don't know. I, a, a taser is a non-lethal it's form a to deal with the situation. Yeah, it's a takedown method, strategy, tool. So I guess last week, the company floated out the idea. And hear me out on this one. The idea is that we could take that taser technology, strap it to a drone, and then we could just fly around and zap shit. Like, hey, you get some guy that's, I don't know, uh, decided to barricade himself in his home. Fuck you. Here comes the drone. Yeah. It, Break the, a window and send in the plane. <laughs> I just picture like the, until the drones turn on you, right? And then they're like laser every human in sight. Zing, 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 zing. And it's just like a fucking flying killing machine until it runs out of power. Well, now, after that idea went out and the public had a chance to digest it a little bit, the company's Entire ethics board has resigned. Oh, yeah. I could have. <laughs> the fact there was. Oh, shit. Yeah. The fact that this was all done with an ethics board there is funny, isn't it? Is there ethical concerns? Because I thought, I mean, tasers yeah, are yeah. fine. They've probably saved lives. 
why don't we strap it to a drone oh. and, and, hey, the next time we have to go and get Osama bin Laden no. out of a fucking cave, we don't need to send soldiers in into a dangerous situation. Send in the fucking drone with a taser and nuke them. I'm sure, they have, I'm sure that they have better tools than that, than a drone with a, with a taser attached to it that's a little more precise. I just feel like there's so much more that could go wrong here. I mean, I don't know the first thing about weapons in this case. I'm not going to say that I know, but I will say that it just sounds like a bad idea when you say it out loud. That's all. It just sounds like a terrible idea. Well, you're not in the wrong. Uh, The majority of the ethics board has resigned over this project. And the CEO says he just put it out there as a conversation starter about how we can deal with, for example, these assholes that would go into a school and start shooting. Send in the drone, tase them, take them down, create a safe space so that law enforcement can get in and deal with the situation. I didn't think it was an outrageous idea, but apparently many did, including the ethics board at Axon. So don't expect a flying taser anytime soon. Just one more thing for the bad guys to get their hands on and start using to rob pharmacies and shit. Do you see what I mean? There's just too much that could go wrong here in the wrong hands, you know? Uh, this is a really good thread on BuzzFeed. Let's spend a little bit of time on this. It's a thread where regular people contribute useful information for the rest of us about their industry. Let me give you, give you a quick example so you know. If you're going to a concert and you're into the sound, you want to hear it all perfectly. A sound engineer says the best place to get the best sound in any venue is directly in front of the sound engineer's board. You know that big pit in the yeah. middle, like a Budweiser stage has got it. Scotiabank always Absolutely. sets one up on the floor. Yeah, because the engineer needs to hear well, too. So they've gone ahead and asked people to contribute to this. Some of it I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. Here's the first one. I work at a call center. Just because you hear music when I put you on hold doesn't mean I hear music. I can hear every profanity you utter. <laughs> I wonder if there's a lot of truth to it. Um, Someone texted in when we were talking about this this morning and said that it's not true for them, but it doesn't mean it's not true everywhere. You know, some companies, apparently you really can't. If you're on on hold, they can't hear you. You're legitimately on hold. But apparently others you can hear. I'm just trying to think back to all the things I did while I was being put on hold, whether it was like my insurance company or, you know, phone company or, I mean, name it, right? How many times are you thrown on hold? The bank. What did I say? What if they could hear me? What did I do? What if you're pulling a scam? Hang on, honey. I'm just going to tell them that uh, yeah. this happened then and and then we'll be able to get more out of them. Oh, you probably you would hear all kinds of shit, wouldn't you? Sure. What's amazing is that they don't say anything. And, and I've heard calls, the recording on it, that'll say things like, uh, this entire call will be recorded, including times yeah. when you're on hold. Okay, well, recorded is one thing. I don't think there's anybody that's in charge of going back to listen to every phone call that came in. They do when there's issues, and that's it. Yeah. They do legitimately listen to them if there's an issue or for training. But I didn't know they could hear it live and in person. Or maybe when you think you're on hold, you're not really on hold. I don't know how it works. But either way, there's some people at call centers that swear they can hear even when you think you're on hold. Mm. Well, that changes everything, and I owe a few apologies. (laughs) If you're in a public space, like a zoo or a museum, and you happen to lose track of your child, this person says, you need to tell one of us right away and then stay with us or in that immediate area. We all have radios and a way to contact every staff member, including security. 
if we find your kiddo, we also need to be able to find you. The natural inclination is to take off and look for your kid yourself, right. which I understand, but I promise you, we know our facilities better than you do, and we're more likely to know potential paths that the child may have wandered on. Stay where you are or stay with us. Yeah, that is a natural thing that you'd want to do, right? Especially because you, in that moment, probably feel guilty. You probably feel terrible. I lost my kid. Holy shit, I need to go find my kid. But... Yeah, I mean, all those points are valid. They've got radios. No matter if it's at, you know, Canada's Wonderland or a zoo or if it's indoors or outdoors, they have the way to do it. Just sit still, try not to panic, and hopefully they'll find your kid. That is a helpless feeling, though. Yeah. I don't know what you do in that situation. Thank God. Knock on wood. It's never happened to me. Although it's probably more likely now that they're in their 20s than when they were kids. They (laughs) they do wander a lot. They do purposely (laughs) do that now. But you're at the point now where you're like, whatever. I texted my son the other day and I said, hey, what are you up to? He's like, I'm in Grand Bend. Fuck, you didn't even ask. And then I realized, oh, he doesn't have to ask me anymore. He doesn't need to ask your permission. This one's from a florist. You don't need to know any flower names to order flowers. Ah. Unless you just want to avoid certain ones. Like most people like to skip the carnations, for example. Stick to the color, the size, and the budget. Let the florist do the rest. Mm. That's a great tip. And sometimes I think people forget, like, this is a professional that you're talking to. So don't pretend like you know more than the professional, unless you actually were once a florist. They know better than you. So, yeah, that's a good tip. I like that one a lot. This person says, when buying toys for the tiny humans in your life, please consider if those toys have any parts small enough to fit inside your kid, their nostrils, their ear canals, etc., I work in the ear, nose, and throat division of a children's hospital, and you wouldn't believe the things that we have to pull out of kids' heads. Mm -hmm. It's often traumatic and painful for the poor little ones, and we regularly have to refer them to pediatric surgery for a sedated removal. Yeah, you know, and a lot of those little toys and stuff, they've come with those little button batteries. You know those little fuckers? And those are so... You know what I'm talking about, right? Little button batteries? They're so dangerous, too, because if a kid ingests one of them, it's more dangerous than just, oh, we got to remove it. It's not like a marble where it's like, oh, it's in the way. It's like that will potentially harm your child for sure. That's scary stuff. This person says, I'm not sure if it's because I was a bagger for a couple of years, but I make sure to sort my groceries on the conveyor... By frozen, produce, inedible, and unbaggable. They say start with your large items. Milk, pop, anything that is going to uh, put be put directly into the cart and not a bag. Everything that's cold to the touch should stay together. It helps keep it cold. Sure. Anything not edible, like your dish soaps and laundry detergents, candles and napkins, group them together and put your produce and vegetables and fruit together. That way, it's easier to unpack when you get home and you don't have to worry about cross-contamination. I, I, you know, I got to be I got to be in that in that mode. You know what I mean? When you're grocery shopping, there's days I'm in that mode and I'm organized for that. No problem. All the frozen, all the things, everything's in, in, in order in the cart and on and on the conveyor belt and back in my cart and in my bags and in my trunk. Great. Other days, I don't fucking care. Like, I don't have time for this shit. Just throw it all in a cart. Throw it all in a bag and I'll sort it out when I get home. I am so picky about that <laughs> that I take the time to sort everything properly as I'm putting it on there. And sometimes it takes a little longer, but it, it certainly makes the process more fun when you're unpacking. It's great to just grab 
a bag that just goes in the crisper. Oh, here's another bag that just goes in the freezer. It's better that so way. So is this person suggesting that's what we do? Yeah, is that sort suggestion? your shit before okay. you, because they're only going to bag it as they get it. They're not going to. Understandably. Some do though. Some do go out of their way. They'll pu- push stuff uh, to the side. All the frozen stuff, they'll push to the side. And I do appreciate that. I love the people that do that. Yeah. Thank you. Although at this point, I, I've really had to lower my expectations. I'm just happy when they help me put it in the bag. Yeah. Half the time, it's a place that doesn't have that. And they're just going to move on to the next customer, whether you're ready or not. Yeah. And you're scrambling and throwing shit everywhere. And <laughs> you, the pressure that you're under, it's insane. That's why you pay less, right? Those are the places where you usually pay less. But you I can only afford bit, the pay less places Totally, now. but that's what I mean. But you know that you're doing your own bagging and your own shit. And then you feel the pressure. Like, hurry up, hurry up, get it in the bag, get out the door. Yeah, they really treat you like cattle in those oh, places. Oh, for sure. Do you want a tip from a shoe store employee? Uh, sure. If you're buying dress shoes... Bring dress socks. Regular sports socks are thicker, especially Mm. athletic ones. I cannot exaggerate the amount of times men have returned dress shoes in a panic for a big event because the shoe was falling off their feet once they put dress socks on. Well, did you think about that? I, my feet have not changed in size since I was 14. So you, you don't even, you don't even try them on, do you? No. I don't try mine on either. I'm the same size. It I, doesn't matter. I could totally order shoes online. They never change. It's yeah. always the same size. Uh, for me, it's just comfort. For, for a lady, a lady's shoe is usually just comfort. Can I walk around in these for a few hours for an event? Great. It looks like I can. <laughs> I'll take it. Someone in the hospitality industry. I tell everyone, skip the fruit in your cocktail. No one behind the bar is using tongs or gloves. Maybe it's laziness or maybe it's just a lack of time. Fingers are filthy behind a bar from moving from the soda gun to rags to wipe off the bar, handling money, debit machines, etc. Just don't eat the fruit in your cocktail. (laughs) That's a good tip, actually. If you're a bit of a germaphobe, especially, right? This person says she works in a diner. Don't stack your plates resulting in food squished against the bottom of the other plates. I'm the stack master. I'll decide the stack order. God damn it. I work in a banquet hall and fuck birthday cake. (laughs) That shit probably gets everywhere. A banquet hall too. I can only imagine. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. What if we scrape it all into one spot though? Because like still by habit, I'll still do it. I, I still, I, I clear the plate, but I'll put all the food on the top plate and then I stack the plates. Still no good for some people, maybe? I, I think it probably depends on the server, but I would think generally speaking, they don't, don't want you to, to make their job even harder. And sometimes when you stack those plates yourself, you've made it harder for them. This is why I appreciate though when servers actually go out of their way to clear plates as you eat. Like that is bonus tip for me. You come and you clear, you see that I'm done, but maybe a couple people around me aren't. But I want it out of my space. Like, get the shit out of my space. You did? Good. Bonus tip for you. You get extra. See, and some people would find that rude if they took away the plate when other people still had plates no. and still eating. If, my, if I'm done, take my plate away. Mm-hmm. Ask me first, for sure. That's great. Thank you. But yeah, get it out of my space. Wow. Hot take. Yeah. Okay. You really putting the pressure on everybody take. else to hurry up. Are you serious that you would feel pressured if someone was like, I'm done, clearly was done, and so their plate was taken away? I, you would feel pressure to hurry up and finish. I would probably feel weird about it if I was sitting there with a plate and eating and the other person had no plate in front of I them. I don't feel weird. Like, it's usually me that's left eating. I, I'd never feel weird about it. Huh. Never. Take the person's plate out of the way so they can have more room for drinks. This person <laughs> says, I've worked for a very popular Italian food chain restaurant for years. 
This is BuzzFeed, so I don't know if they're talking about Eastside Mario's or if they're talking about Olive Garden oh, in the States. Oh, could be either, sure. They say, those fresh-baked breadsticks that you so desperately desire aren't actually baked in-house. We get pallets of already-baked white breadsticks. We just toast them and smother them in liquid margarine, garlic powder, and mm. salt. Surprisingly, though, our Alfredo sauce is very high in quality. We use a flour base combined with manufacturing cream, actual cheese, minced garlic, and black pepper to make it. You would probably be shocked at the amount of shit that comes in bags, like guacamole in bags. A bag of guac? Yeah, um, all kinds of different The only products. bag guac should be in is a garbage bag. It's fucking terrible. Oh, you shut up. <laughs> But no, that, so many restaurants, that's what they do. They have like bags of shit and they like squish it and squeeze it on to make stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this person says, I worked in a diner where we used to top off our tables containers of ketchup every night with uh, fresh ketchup, but we would never, ever clean out the containers. Mm -hmm. So there would just be layers and layers of ketchup from months or years ago. Mm -hmm. And to make matters worse... These were the slightly wider glass bottles. So countless customers have likely stuck their used knife or fork in it to serve themselves. I literally never trust restaurant ketchup anymore because of this. All the condiments. It's called marrying the condiments. And that's actually like someone's job usually at the end of the night mm -hmm. is to marry the condiments. So you got like, you know, you go to those places, they have like the condiment caddies. They yeah. bring over like a caddy. That's someone's job usually is to check. And then just refill. So those bottles could have been there for years. Sure. So the ketchup in the bottom and of the mustard. bottle is probably quite old. Uh, ketchup, mustard, all of it. The good thing is it's kind of like, I don't know, it doesn't really necessarily go that bad, which is a sad truth because there's so much like vinegar and sugar in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I don't really recommend that diner ketchup either for that reason. Last one. When you're staying at a hotel, do not make the bed before you leave the hotel. It has to be taken apart anyway for cleaning. And if it looks like it wasn't slept in, it could get overlooked and not get changed. Hmm. You mean to tell me that it's not an automatic? That they just strip down all the bedding from the other person? You, you, there, hold on. There's a chance that somebody else slept in that bed? I think that... And just made it? <laughs> I think that it depends what hotel you're going to. I really do believe when it comes to hotel, you get what you pay for. Uh -huh. You really do. So you want to roll the dice and be like, oh, this one's only $59 a night, sweetie. You're going to get a $59 a night hotel room. <laughs> Have fun with that. People think happy hour should be longer than an hour, Cat, Agree or disagree? Ha okay, so most happy hour places, aren't they usually more than an hour? Some of them. Like some places are like, we don't really have a lot of it here in Canada, though. Well, I mean, I feel like this is part of the problem with the situation we find ourselves in. Old Doug was all in favor of buck a beer and let's deregulate some of the alcohol industry. Let's let it be sold in other places. And yeah, you should be able to have a happy hour. If you own an establishment and you see that as a viable marketing tool, have happy hour. But we still aren't seeing many happy hours here. In America, they're quite prevalent. And when they ask people, hey, do you like the happy hour thing? Does it make you come in? Does it make you stay? They felt that a three-hour happy hour was the best way to go. Three, okay. Yeah, I would have guessed like two. Three's fine. Okay. Some of the drink specials at happy hour in America are great. They'll do like $1.50 draft or 25 cent chicken wings, that sort of thing. Yeah, but I mean, th and there's a reason for it. They're at the most inconvenient times ever. 
Nobody's like, hey, Kat, you want to go out at four o'clock? <laughs> that never happens. Oh, see, I find 4 p.m. the most convenient time yeah, of the day. I mean, not for me. Not for me. It all depends on your lifestyle, I suppose. But yeah, no, that'd be no, no good for me. We've talked about it dozens of times on this show. The four-day work week. We almost had it, except Stephen Del Duca was running the Liberal Party and <laughs> shit the bed in that election the other day. Well, he made some other stupid fucking platform choices. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he certainly but, did. Yeah, the four-day work week, we, it gets brought up quite a lot. They're now doing the largest worldwide comprehensive study involving 70 different companies over six months in multiple different industries. They want to dispel some of the myths and misunderstandings about the four-day work week. So the study is being based in the UK. They say it'll involve everything from banks to a regular fish and chip shop. People are going to work for four days Mm -hmm. and then get three days off. Here's the thing. For this study, they decided we're not going to do it the traditional way. Traditionally, the four-day work week is instead of working five days a week for eight hours, you work four days a week for 10 hours. And the productivity is usually way, way, way better. When you eliminate a whole day of screwing around and just give people more time to do their work while they're at work, they actually get more done, even though it seems like a counterintuitive thing. In this case, no extra hours. You get your current pay for 80% of the hours. So if you're a nine to fiver, you would still be nine to five. You would just do it Tuesday to Friday or Monday to Thursday and then have a three day weekend. So in this study, they say once it's over, they're going to make the results in every industry available worldwide, almost like open source data. So people can go in and say, yeah, I've heard about this four day work week. How did it work for this industry? Let's see. But it couldn't work because I'm in the construction business and you can't do a four day work week in construction. Well, that's one of the businesses or the industries that's being studied. Mm -hmm. 3,300 workers from 70 different companies will participate. They say as long as the employee maintains 100% of the productivity, the companies that, that are in on this trial will have the option to stay on the four-day work week. You'll probably have happy. I mean, you will have happier employees. All, all previous studies to this have shown that people are happier. Their work-life balance is better. They're able to save up a little bit more money, uh, thus making them that much happier. They don't, they don't crave that time off. Like, you know, that burnt-out feeling you get right before you finally get time off. Oh, I'm feeling that right now. Yeah, like you know, you I know you know it. I know it, right? That feeling of like I've been going and going and going and going. When is a break? You'd probably have a lot less of that. So I have a buddy of mine who he's actually in graphic and web. Okay, so it's a graphic and web place. They just decided, let's do a trial, and everybody's on a four day work week. They let the clients know. These people are unavailable this day. These people are available this day. That's it. So if you have issues, reach out to these people that day, right? Whether it's a Monday or Friday, whatever it might be. And it's going so well that it's probably going to be permanent. And it is one of those industries. It's it's different. It is a little more on the fly. You can probably work from anywhere you can. You don't necessarily do that. But that's a great example of it, right? I mean, it's working so well. In fact, the employer has found out who's working the hardest by doing that. It's a little clearer for them to understand this person isn't actually pulling their weight. Interesting. Even though we're giving them all of this. So... I think that there's something to it. I really do. I hope this works out. It is uh, something that would be great in a lot of different ways. Like Kat just explained. I don't know if you mentioned it, if I missed it. Um, Good for the environment, too. 
Yeah, it is good for the environment. Yeah, absolutely. A full less day with almost every single person that works not driving to work. Good. That's great. We should really seriously look at this. And if you're a decision maker at your company, think about it. It'd be great. It also creates a lot of part-time opportunities for people to get in that extra day of work. Mm -hmm. If you have a weekend staff, that'd be an extra day of work every week for them. They could do a three-day week instead of a two. It's just, it makes too much sense to not continue down this path. So if there's any decisions or influencers listening, and we know you're listening, you should consider this. We absolutely should. Uh, A lot of weddings coming up. I actually have one to go to in two weeks. Oh, two weeks away, huh? I don't have one till the fall. This is the problem with being in a relationship is they have friends too. (laughs) And it's not just your friend's weddings that you have to duck. It's their (laughs) friend's weddings you've got to duck as well. You're not ducking this one, are you? Are you going? No, because it's at a restaurant that I really like. Imagine this. Oh, A wedding at a a restaurant instead of a banquet hall. Here, here. I'm all for it. It is a late afternoon start. Don't have to get there till like four o'clock. Perfect. They're going to have the ceremony. Then we're going to start partying while they take some pictures. Then we go as long as the wedding goes. I usually like to be out of there by about 9, 9.30, but you know, maybe I'll stay till 10 this time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also the guy that when I'm out, I'm out. So even though I might duck out of the wedding a little early, I'll find a couple of pubs to hit on the way home. It's a I long like drive. I you'd leave a wedding, but you, you wouldn't necessarily leave a, a, the pub. Like You'll still go to a pub. You'll bounce from one place to another, basically. Do you know what I think it is? And I've thought a lot about why I don't like those things is... One, too many drunk people. I want to be the drunkest person in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And number two, it's the the noise. It's just too loud. Once the DJ or the band starts playing, the conversation really kind of dies down. And I like people. I like conversations with people. So uh, once that kind of gets axed, I'm out. I'm not there to dance. So Mm -hmm. I'm usually going to find somewhere else to go. Oh, and before I get to this, I read a, an interesting wedding tip today. You may have seen the video because it's going viral. A person for their wedding video decided one of the things they were going to include was a before and after. So they interviewed guests when they had their first drink at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Then they interviewed them again at the end of the night when they had their last drink. <laughs> the difference between when they got there and it was all, oh, I'm so happy to be here for Mike and Sarah and their beautiful yeah. day to... Yeah. Mike and Sarah, you guys are fucking great. I yeah. love you. It went to, the bride was probably the most trash, which was my favorite part of it. But I was watching some of that too. It, you really just only had to say one thing. My name is Kat and I am the, a bridesmaid. This is my first drink of the night. Then they come back to you later. Do you know how many people forgot too? Like, okay, we're ready for your, you said, tell us, tell you what. <laughs> this is, remember we did the first drink, huh? You just tell us that this is your last drink. I don't know if this is going to be my last drink. Why? Is it closed? Is it closed? No, you use this part of a thing that we were doing. Remember? Oh, okay. My name is Kat and this last drink of the night. It's a good idea. Hey, you it's guys funny. go ahead and steal that if you're getting married. It's funny. Yeah, do it. Something might be missing from the average wedding night. Now the majority of couples aren't having sex the night of their nuptials. Yeah, because they're too busy getting fucking loaded. In the survey of over a thousand couples, 52% reported they did not have sex on their wedding night. Women said they were too tired, waiting for the perfect moment, too drunk, or traveling to their honeymoon. Men said they were too drunk (laughs) or wanted to keep partying with their friends. Sure. 
sure. Yeah, you paid for that night, damn it. You can have sex with that person anytime now, but you can only continue the party for a little bit longer. <laughs> hey, open bar is open bar. If you're paying for it, go ahead and get your values worth. This is why I'm a big fan of seeing that person you're going to marry on that day. Don't worry about, I can't see them before. the No, you see them in the morning. You fuck. You get it over with then. You do that, and then you don't have to worry about it later. Well, is it actually a thing, or is this just a... Uh, an old urban legend well, that y- it's not officially a marriage until you bone. It definitely goes back to traditional, you're virgin when you get married, so that's your first night, you're supposed to consummate that. No. I mean, most people don't even go by that. Most people are living with their partner. They've had sex with them a plenty of times. So I think the pressure's off because of that reason. But maybe you just truly want to. That's what I'm saying. Just do it earlier that day. You know that moment between the ceremony even and the reception you can go off and do your pictures. Why don't you just go off and fuck? Just get that done. And then you come back. You come back. And hear me out. You come back to the reception feeling great, first of all. A lot less stress. You grab a glass of champagne. You just have a good old-fashioned evening. And you don't need to worry about keeping it up or putting it down or whatever the fuck you're doing later. You just spend time with your family and friends. Get loaded. Go to bed. It's great. Isn't it? I, I've never put a wedding dress on, but as I understand it, they're heavy and awkward. Isn't it kind of a pain in the ass to get out of your wedding dress just to have sex and then put it back on? Well, some people's, and I guess. Doesn't it screw up your makeup and your hair and all that shit? Uh, I mean, you got to like, you know, it, that shit's in place so hard. It's crazy, man. They spray they spray you with everything just to hold everything in place. In fact, that should be the one day where they should shake you up and down. And nothing fucking happens and falls out. <laughs> you should be intact. No problem. OK. Hey, guys, you heard it right here from Kat. Who, Try it. Who's going to start moonlighting as a wedding planner? <laughs> okay, guys, uh, you have 30 minutes to fuck. Go do that, and nobody will know. And come back to me when you're ready. Where do you go? To the bridal suite at the, at the fucking hall? Or? The limo. I limo? mean, any number of places. All right, fine. We're uh, tipping a lot less, Cat. Every year they update these numbers, and oh. then we're... T- uh, oh, that's not good. It's bad news for people in the service industry. No. Only 73% of people say they always tip at a restaurant. Only 73%. That's down quite a bit from before the pandemic. There are more places you have to tip now, though. There are. Do you find this like that's another thing to keep in mind before you continue on? Because I have a feeling it's a lot more of that. Restaurant tipping, there's no excuse for me. You go to a restaurant, make it part of your deal. If that person's a shitty, terrible server, I understand if you want to dock them tip. Don't get me wrong there. I think that they, if they are not even giving you the time of day, not smiling, just a terrible person, I understand if you don't tip. I get it. However, there's so many avenues where we are expected to tip now. That's where I bet you that people drop it a little bit. Like if I'm only tipping at a restaurant, my hairstylist and whatever, a few other places that are very common, okay. But then there's, you know, now we're getting delivery more often. If it's not groceries, it's fresh food delivery or it's this delivery. Everybody delivers now. Everybody wants to make it convenient. Amazon is there. We probably feel the need to tip everybody. And that can potentially, I don't know, like uh, make you eh, decline all the tips a little bit more or just make them less than usual. Maybe you cut them in half or whatever. Okay. You mentioned, uh, we did mention servers, 73%. Always tip in a restaurant. That's uh, that's more than a quarter of people who aren't necessarily committed to this idea. And that, yeah. That's concerning to me. It's part of the deal. Am I again? It's just part of the deal for me. Now, what about? Because anytime tipping comes up, somebody will slide into the DMs or call our radio show and say, "No, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not tipping." 
The restaurant should pay their employees mm-hmm. well. It's not my job to con- to make up for their salary. What do you say to someone like that? Oh, I mean, that's not, but that, <laughs> yeah, that's not up to the the restaurant. The restaurant doesn't do that. This is the way it is to talk to the government about it. But it's, this is still someone's livelihood. This is how, keep in mind, if you don't tip, you actually can be taking something out of someone's pocket. That happens. All the time. Yeah, that happens all the time. It's not a good way to think about it. No. And listen, as far as you uh, subsidizing the server's wages, I wouldn't think of it like that. You give a tip because that server is providing a service. And if they're really good at their job, make it a really good tip. If you have a good experience, make sure that's reflected in how much you give. I know it was always common, 15%. And now it's more or less generally... 20. 20. Yeah. And, and you can go higher than that if you want. I really wouldn't go any lower than 15. But please keep in mind, that person serving has a lot of other shit on the go. And they do rely on that as part of their wage. Mm-hmm. For better or worse, right or wrong, that's just the way it works. So when you stiff them, yeah, you actually could cost them money. But you mentioned other industries. Only 66% always tip their hairstylist or barber. 66% always. That means there's 34% of people, more than one in three, that don't always leave a tip for that person. Do they have regular people? Like, it's, for me, that means that you don't have the same person every time. Because how can you go to the same person time and time again and not tip them? You got me. Right? Or those people that barber hop, for example, or whatever, haircut hop, that don't care, that just go for a trim, and they're like, I don't care about my reputation. See ya. I just don't understand how you could do this when someone takes, unless your haircut's, unless you ask for, I don't know, a trim and they give you a fucking bob cut, (laughs) then I understand why you be angry and not tip. But aside from that, I don't understand that. Are you going to the same person? Are there people that do that? Food delivery people. Yeah. Hey, you can order from like Domino's and somebody from a from Domino's will show up in a Domino's car and bring you your pizza. Mm-hmm. We've been tipping those people, I think, for years. Yeah. Food delivery makes it a little different, though, because you don't actually or the person doesn't actually get the money directly from you. If if you're driving for DoorDash and right. you bring me my shawarma and I love it when you do, it's <laughs> not like I hand you a five dollar tip or nothing. You find out later on the app. Hey, this person left you a tip. In some cases, you can go two, three, four days later and leave a tip for that person. That's right. I was going to say, because you can increase it after the fact. I've done that before because the person took extra care. I forget what it was exactly that happened, but I went back and did it. And then they said, oh, thanks. Thanks for the extra tip or whatever it was. Yeah, that is nice. I I don't know. I, I don't. Why do people do that and then not tip at all? Like you're getting a service right to your door. That and like the the groceries, I don't know if the groceries are on this list that you're going to talk about. No, it's not. But it's a newer thing, right? And a lot of people are doing it. And I watch the people in grocery stores. And yes, of course, we've made fun of some people who may, may, maybe don't know the groceries very well. But there's a lot of people that take extra care. And I know because I go into the grocery store, right? I never get groceries delivered. But I see the people putting in the effort and the work. And I couldn't even imagine putting in all that effort and work and checking labels and checking produce and making sure everything's good and then delivering it and then not getting a tip or getting a shit tip. I can't imagine it. Only 57% always tip their food delivery driver. 57%. My problem is how much to tip them. I know that they're getting paid pretty well because I know people who actually do it. I usually do like a 3 to $5 kind of deal, not a 15 or 20% by any means. But I think no. that that was the expectation is that you give them. I usually do 20% on a food but I don't delivery. Do it, I, like on a DoorDash or something, but I don't do it often. Is there uh, something to that? Like, it's not like I'm doing it every day. And if I did, maybe it would be less. 
But if I do it, it's usually because I have company over. Right. There's a lot, like there's a lot to order and different things happening. That's when we do it. And that's when I'm like 20. Here you go. What about your taxi driver or your Uber driver? Do you tip them every time? The answer is no. What? 43% always tip their rideshare or taxi driver. 43%. What do you, okay, I don't do a lot of Uber rideshare stuff either. That's a special occasion situation. So I always tip. Do, do you, what are you supposed to tip? Do you well, tip 15? Do 20? Is it the same kind of thing? Again, for those people, I'm typically into like a, maybe a $5 tip. And the reason I do that is because, yes, I understand that it comes with a cost to them, the wear and tear on their vehicle, and they've got to get gas and their time. They're getting paid to drive you somewhere from Uber, and that's the bare minimum they could make. I figure if I throw them an extra five bucks, maybe they've gone from a, a wage of, I don't know, 12 bucks an hour to 17 bucks an hour, but they only actually drove me somewhere for 20 minutes so they can still do more. I thought that that was a good way to top them up. I didn't feel compelled to give them like 20%, but I did want to leave them something. So I usually just hit the button. Do you want to leave a $5, $10 or custom amount? I'll, I'll leave them five bucks. Usually maybe 10 housekeepers in a hotel. That was an automatic for me. I just, every time I've stayed at a hotel, with my parents, when we were away, they would say, oh, make sure you leave some money for the for the maid. Okay, fine. I just sort of grew up doing that, thinking that that was the expectation. I'm shocked to find out only 27% always leave something for housekeeping. You do that for one night? I don't do it for one night. Oh, really? No. Every time I'm there, I leave something. Two nights, yes. Two nights and more, uh, yes. Huh. One night, no. Interesting. What, 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 what's the difference? They, because they make you check in at four o'clock in the afternoon at these fucking hotels and the room's already made up and well done. Great. I'm glad. It's getting ridiculous how it's late stupid. check-in is, it's by stupid. the way. So I can barely even appreciate my room for one night. I can barely even appreciate it because usually if I'm at that hotel, it means that I'm seeing the sights and doing things. I'm literally just sleeping in the bed. I don't enjoy any of the amenities. I barely use all the shit that they're going to clean anyway. So in my opinion, if I'm getting out and then they're kicking my ass out at 10 o'clock the next morning, What? What for? But if I'm staying more than one night and they're doing the turndown service for me and they're doing that, absolutely I am. I love the turndown service. The turndowns service. and bring it, bring it, bring it and I will pay you extra for, I will give leave you a tip for that. Always. And when I'm going away on an all-inclusive, I bring shit. I bring stuff for the women. They ever leave you something nice? Leave me something nice? Like on the bed or on the pillow or oh, anything? Oh yeah, like, like animals out of t- towels and shit like that. Is that oh. what you mean? Like mints, candies, chocolate, stuff like that. I'm like the usual. Yeah, I'm one of the higher level members with Marriott Rewards. And they say you'll get a gift when you check in or whatever. And I yeah. never really understood what that was until one day I asked at the front desk. It's like, hey, with this level of elite here, it says I'm supposed to get like a gift at check-in. She said, oh, yeah, you probably would have when they made up your room. And I thought... What do you mean? She said, were there chocolates or treats or surprises or anything like that? And I thought about it. And yeah, the time that I asked about it, I was staying just before Easter. She left me two Cadbury cream eggs on my pillow. Well, that's that's nice. Not that that's the gift that's going to make you keep coming back. (laughs) But I thought that's a maid who actually went out. And bought Cadbury cream eggs and left them on my pillow. Oh, I'm sure they have like a bowl of she them left in the me, fucking maid room or something like that. She, she like probably Well, maybe they did or whatever. Either way, I thought, you know what? That probably cost you about $3 and I think I left no. 25 bucks that night. No, they're in the back room going, oh shit, this guy's a member of Elite. Check your purse. What do you got? A, wor- a Werther's? Okay, this guy's asking for his fucking treat. Can you believe it? Just put the Werther's on his fucking pillow. Well, it's not that I, I needed it. a treat. It's just they said it comes 
comes with it, so I wanted to ask, what's the treat? Here's a free pen from the diner down the road. Put that on his pillow, too. Well, you're only supposed to get one cream egg, but you're a fat person, so we're going to give you a couple. You probably eat more than most Imagine people Imagine you slept on it and didn't notice it was there. That would be terrible. Oh, shit. But they would be their own. Then they would have to clean it. Imagine Cadbury cream egg in your hair. Ew. That would look terrible. Okay, still with tipping. Down across the board, there's not one single category where people are tipping more or the same that they used to. And this is probably a result of the bad economy that we're in. Coffee shop barista. Oh, yeah, I do my I do my best. And it depends on which coffee shop. We know that there are some that are b- much better than others. Yes. That's what they do. For sure. Right? This is what you do. You are a barista through and through. Always happy. Take the time to do it. My order's always modified. Always, always, always. So I do. Okay. I don't uh, usually think to do that. If it's Starbucks, I usually just order on the app, walk in and pick it up. And I never think to look for a tip button or anything there, like that. I think that there is one. I'd have to look. I'm pretty sure that it's really easy. I don't, uh, I don't think I've done that before. However, I have been to other cafes like a Starbucks, but not a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And I did tip them. And I don't know what the difference is, why I wouldn't tip the people at Starbucks. Because I fucking love those people. They're always happy. You know what I really they want? They always look good, like happy to be there. And I appreciate that so much. And they make conversation they make if conversation. you want to. They're super nice. So like, nice. I can't say enough great things about that. One thing I'll tell you is we've talked many times about what if we won the Lotto Max? 70 million tonight, 46 max millions. It's crazy. Whether I win the 70 or I just win one of the max millions, one of the things I'm going to buy when I have fuck you money is the espresso machine from Starbucks. The actual machine they use. Yeah, how much do they think that's going to run you? Like 14 grand? Somebody told me it's like closer to 20 grand for for that espresso machine. Hell yeah. But I would have like a Starbucks style operation going in my kitchen. I could probably get rid of the microwave and a few other appliances to make room for that machine. (laughs) If you won the 70, you just like you you could just own a Starbucks. I could just buy a Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, (laughs) what am I doing? You could just walk in there anytime and have it anytime you want and someone will make it for you. And keep it stocked up with fresh beans. (laughs) Just over one in five tip their coffee shop barista. 22%. What about when you pick up food? You've ordered online or you called in your order and you go to pick it up. Do you leave a tip? Only 13% do. 13%. Is there anything to it being harder to leave a tip if, if you feel like if it's not easy with plastic, right? Because a lot of us pay with plastic. If we're not yeah. using the app, let's say, because the app does make things easier. A lot of these places have apps. But is like lack of cash... Could be lack of cash. Yeah, it could be. In a lot of cases, they've already done up your bill. So you just go in and just pay the amount that they tell you to. Maybe there's not even a great opportunity to leave a tip. Uh, They would love one, but I don't know that it's necessarily expected in that case. Two more. Furniture or appliance delivery people. Somebody's bringing your brand new washer and dryer. Oh, shit. You got the third floor washing or laundry room. Okay, we'll haul them up the stairs for you. Do you tip those people that deliver your appliances? No bullshit. No bullshit. I truly didn't know that they would be allowed to. From your um, big flagship stores, like your The Brick, mm-hmm. like your Leons, like your Bad Boys, you name it, right? All the main places that you might go shop for those appliances, your TAs, whatever. I didn't think they were allowed to accept tip because you're paying for the delivery. Am I wrong? Delivery people, please tell me because I just had my kitchen done last year and literally had every appliance brought in. And if that's the case, I feel bad and I got to go back and tip now because I thought that they weren't even allowed to accept it. Ah, well, what about this one? 
Home service repair people. Oh, my dishwasher's leaking. So I called the company and the guy's coming over to, he's going to rip out my dishwasher and find out why it's leaking. He does his job, gives you the invoice. Do you tip that person? Yeah, I mean, if I felt that they did a really great job, they came out quick when I needed somebody. Yeah, absolutely. See, and that's one where I probably would tip them. And well, I just don't know when you tip them. If I don't have cash... Typically, they want like a check or yeah, they'll want got an a, invoice and you got to pay a credit card or something like, I don't know. It's weird. If they even have a debit machine, it's not pre-programmed like one in a restaurant is that has a tip button. Yeah. And then uh, can you erase that and put it in for an extra ten dollars? <laughs> <That's> awkward. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's awkward. like, do you can I give you an e-transfer for, <laughs> for ten dollars? Is that weird? Like, I don't know. You know, what, it is awkward. You know, what would be handy is a real convenient way because Apple just announced a whole bunch of changes for iOS 16 that's coming out in the fall. And there's going to be changes to your Apple wallet too. It'll have credit in your Apple wallet in that through the Apple Pay system, you can spread out the cost of something if you buy it through Apple Pay over four payments. That's neat. Okay, I like that. Okay, that's different. Yeah. They say it's to help out while inflation is crushing the economy. Sure. But uh, in iOS, without an e-transfer, it would be real easy if I could just give somebody a small amount of money. This would be good for donations. Ah, hey, here's this little girl outside the LCBO collecting yeah. money for Girl Scouts. Okay, I don't have any cash. But if you have a tablet or a phone, if I just tap my phone against your phone, it'll send you five bucks. Something like that. There should be an easier way for one-on-one small amounts of money to be transferred back and forth. Yeah, rather than going through the e-transfer process or something, sure. Yeah, because you have to log into your online banking app to do that. And uh, Case in point, if I ask you, which has happened many times before, hey, I forgot to pick up coffee pods. Can you, can you pick up some coffee for me while you're out? Great. Oh, now I owe you $15. It's a pain in the ass that I have to log into the, to the app, send Kat an e-transfer, set up a new security question for Kat. Yeah, it's that. for $15, no, you know? Most of the time, it's just like, you know what? Get the next one because yeah, it's not worth exactly. the hassle. I know. So if you could, I, I see that as a big problem yeah. of no cash in society, and it seems like there isn't much anymore. But I hate it when people come to the door and we're selling chocolate-covered almonds to raise money for our baseball team to go to Cuba to play an exhibition game. I'd like to help you guys out. But I, I'm honestly not carrying cash. I don't have any. And I don't want your e-transfer. It, can I just tap this and give you the money? That would be really yeah. cool if they could develop that. Yeah, I mean, they have, they have it for businesses. But that's the thing, right? It's not necessarily a business. You're talking charities. I don't know if there's availability for something like that for charities. I know they are making it easier and easier, like the smart chips to pay. Like my the girl who did, did my lashes, for example. She's got one of those easy plug-in ones. And, but it's through a business. Yeah, it should be easier just person to person. Men and women both give a median tip of 20%, but the mean is a little higher amongst men, who usually go as high as 22%, whereas women keep their tip at 20%. Is that because guys are bad at math? Yeah, yeah I've never, I've never <laughs> seen a 22% button. I will say that. Right. So that's just, I'm just going to kind of eyeball it a little bit. Uh, the bill was $89. 20 bucks. Men can be more generous in some situations, maybe. Maybe it depends on the circumstance. Interesting. Would you think? Is that why? I still, uh, other than the embarrassing things that I've admitted in this segment of this podcast, generally consider myself a pretty good tipper. I I don't think uh, 20% is the low floor for me. So it's probably going to be more than that. But there's also something to be said for I'm bad at math. 
And mm-hmm. if I have to estimate, I'm always going to err on the side of higher than lower because right. I don't want to stiff somebody. Right. When it comes to grooming and delivery services, women tip more in both cases. 70% say they always tip their stylist, whereas only 60% of men do. When it comes to grooming services, 62% of women always tip a food delivery driver, whereas only 50% of men said the same thing. So men tip more, but women tip most often. Maybe there's something. Maybe that's it. Probably comes out to a wash in the end, I would think, doesn't it? As far as the bank balance at the end of the month? Perhaps. And on that, we will say thanks for listening to this episode of After 9, guys. It was kind of nice to have just a fairly calm, relaxed conversation. Although I'm sure there's a lot of people who have a lot to say about what we said. By all means, you don't have to agree with any of what we said. And if you come from the service area of any of the things we mentioned and you disagree, you can always DM us. It's Scott Fox on air and Cat on air, Cat with a K. Um, Feel free to, to DM us and let us know. Appreciate it. Don't forget, guys, if you are uh, listening on Spotify, there's a little ratings there. If you could give us a nice rating, that'd be great. Tell your friends, and we will chat with you tomorrow. This weekend was Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. That's right. Britain marked the Queen's 70-year reign with four days of parades, parties, and celebrations. Basically, the Queen's like your annoying friend who insists on celebrating their birthday month. (laughs) During a parade over the weekend honoring her Platinum Jubilee, A hologram of Queen Elizabeth was shown in her gold stagecoach, and whatever you think of the Queen, her duet with Tupac was amazing. (laughs) Apple just announced a new feature that will allow people to edit and unsend messages. Ooh. When they heard Apple users were like, finally, what the duck took you so long, you know? (laughs) A man recently threw cake on the protective glass of Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa painting at the Louvre in Paris. He also threw some on a Picasso, but no one noticed. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.